Hello and welcome to Get That Grad Job, a podcast brought to you by the Lancaster University Careers Team. Today's theme is graduate schemes versus direct entry. I'm Hannah, your host, and I'm joined by three guests. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Please could you all just introduce yourselves? Hello, my name's Nikki Allen. I'm a placement year officer working across the Faculty of Science and Technology, FAS and FHM. Um, It's really super to be with you today. Um, I bring many years of working in the careers advice sector and um, I hope that I can share my thoughts with regard to graduate um, schemes and direct entry. Thanks, Nikki. Hello everyone, my name is Sarah Williamson. I work for a company called Hilti. Unless you work in construction, you probably haven't heard of us. We're a hidden gem. We provide leading edge tools, technologies, software and services for the professional construction sector. Our customers are loyal and enthusiastic about us. So are our people. I am the recruitment specialist for our sales and engineering function predominantly. We regularly win Great Place to Work awards globally and have been on the Times Top 100 Best Companies to Work For list for the past 10 years in the UK. Hilti offers the best of both worlds, friendly teams locally and roles across the UK, combined with the global opportunities only a company of 30,000 people spread across 120 countries can bring. I hope to give you some insights on direct entry roles and grad schemes today. Hi everyone, I'm Tara McLaughlin and I'm Head of Employer Engagement at Lancaster University. I've worked on graduate schemes, Um, I've been a graduate scheme manager. Um, My first job on graduation graduation from geography at Lancaster was actually a direct entry scheme um, and I can see lots of benefits to both so I'm really pleased to be here today to be talking to you all about the pros and cons and the differences to help you navigate your way. Fab, thank you so much for joining me. Um, So I guess the first question is, we've mentioned graduate schemes and direct entry, but what do we actually mean by those terms? Yeah, well, as a a final year student, this is um, a term um, that you will often see, grad scheme, direct entry, and it's it's quite um, confusing and there's a lot of uncertainty amongst perhaps final year students in knowing what they really mean. I'd just like to say that a, a grad scheme um, or training programme, um, it tends to be a programme which larger employers have in place um, and it's providing the, um, the graduate with an opportunity to gain between often 18 months to three years um, experience. It combines doing a job alongside training, um, whereas um, a direct entry position, uh, the focus is on the actual job itself. There is certainly plenty of training there, but I suppose with the graduate scheme, the emphasis, um, in my view, is is towards the training and giving a student um, a broad cross-section of experience of the business as a whole. Um, those are the, I mean, in terms of, um, I would say that a graduate scheme, um, the majority of, of students don't do a graduate scheme and the majority of students go on to sort of direct direct entry roles. Um, graduate schemes are incredibly competitive to get onto, um, but um, students become very aware of them at the start of their final year. So that's fundamentally the difference I see. What, what, would, you, what would you say, Tara? <laughs> so I think... Um... 
the, the big challenge that we all have within the university sector is that the big schemes with large numbers of recruit recruitment hires for example one of the big accountancy firms i think in recent years has taken on um, 1500 graduates so they've got an enormous budget to attract student attention um, smaller businesses and businesses with more discreet roles haven't got that capacity to to shout out loud about the roles Absolutely. that they've got and maybe more discreet in some of their advertising which is why sometimes the um, the more niche roles or the roles in really quite quirky and interesting places let's think art galleries and um, not-for-profit organizations they genuinely haven't got the, the budget or the time to be on campus bearing in mind there's 160 universities across the country they, they it would be a full-time job for them to to be um, as visible as the big grad schemes um, are uh, and so so um, the, the the difficulty that we have is because they're not necessarily recruiting in volume, um, their tactics to attract student attention can be quite quite different. And also the scheme, um, a, a, a direct entry program, means that you're often maybe one um, of, a, of a very few number of recruits, maybe one or two at that particular time of the year. So you're not going in en masse with a big cohort of other um, 2020 graduates. Um, who have come out of all sorts of universities. You may be going in um, as an individual and on your own. So there's some, some benefits of that because you can be your, your own person and it's not maybe quite as competitive, but also it can be quite challenging because you are on your own um, and yeah. you haven't got a, a bunch of peers to say, I'm not quite sure I'm doing this right. Yeah. What do you think? Or yeah. what's it like doing your role in, in HR? Because I'm doing that next next um, uh, next move, next quarter. Um, yeah. You haven't necessarily got that that network of people. Yeah, and just to touch upon what Tara just mentioned there is typically you'd need to be applying from September of your final year of university ready for next year's intake. So if you talk about uh, a competitive market, you're talking about all your peers across, you know, all the different universities, all potentially going for the same scheme that you are. Um, that, you know, that's, you know, it's not to say that you wouldn't get it. You, but there's other options out there and I think yeah. that is what from my perspective what to get across yes. um, and with direct entry again you, you're going to be still showing off your talent your CV your application mm. um, but again it's not en masse so yes. it's not necessarily um, as an intake all applying for the same graduate scheme but yeah. I do agree with I think what both of you just mentioned there on number of roles some organizations have some are very transparent like you mentioned some would have over a thousand um, grad graduate places again i question sometimes the development there that they can offer um however some organizations on large scale or small scale may only have the chance of giving out one to two one to five placements mm. depending on budget for each year and they're not as sometimes as transparent on how many they have to offer so it's just something to have as a perspective for I think future future graduates wanting to apply for roles is they can get caught up in, oh, I need to get a grad scheme. I need to get a grad scheme. Especially because as you're saying, um, Sarah, at the beginning of the third year, um, you're very much uh, presented with the graduate schemes at the beginning of September. The advertisements are there. You see it around university and um, I think that that can create in final year students a certain sense of um, pressure that I yes. should be applying and it's Absolutely. what you should do. There's a sense of if I apply, I'll have a sense of security. Um, and it's and it's a, I think it's very important to communicate to students that um, it is only one route. Um, mm -hmm. 
it might be for you or it might be that you want to have a go at a graduate scheme go through the process it's a fantastic thing to learn from um, going through the process but there's lots of other channels and direct entry roles will become more apparent as the year progresses. And sometimes, as, as Tara said, you have to seek them out. Um, you may not find them within the confines of your university. And, and just on that, sorry, um, it's the added pressure in that final year. If, mm. you, if you're not 100% sure of, on something, don't feel that pressure and you know the the most critical part of your you know your university course and degree to add something extra to it if you're not quite ready to think about it you know there is a there is a window of opportunity yes but it's not the only window of opportunity yes anyone who follows me on twitter and that's not very many people um (laughs) uh, will will pick up on my twitter handle which is job to career um and i think that's a a potentially a differentiation here that actually when some of the big corporate um, organizations come onto campus they are identifying a career pathway for you you Mm. will be in a financial organization as a tax accountant Mm. for example or you may be joining a um uh, fast-moving consumer goods organization a, a retail organization as a, um, a marketing manager or a marketing um, role marketing graduate and so your career pathway is very clearly marked out um, I did a geography degree so anyone um, who knows anything about geography means that you're a jack of all trades and master of none um, that's written down in academic texts so I'm not insulting my geography uh, <laughs> colleagues there um, and actually finding out what you like to do as a job helps more who you more what you want to do as a career certainly when I graduated and albeit that was when the dinosaurs ruled the ruled the (laughs) land um I did not know what I wanted to do with my life I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a town planner or a teacher I didn't know if I was interested in statistics and 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 and, uh, some of the sort of economic development stuff that sat around geography and geographical development effectively now I work in HR because um, I, my career has been sort of changed and morphed by the jobs that I have done yes. to this point in time. Yes. So don't be pressured mm. or, or think right now, today, you need to know what you want to be doing for the rest of your life. Yes. There's a statistic out there, I think, that says that by the time you're 30, you've had 14 different jobs. Mm-hmm. And yes. they could be at all sorts of positions within the organisation, at all sorts of yeah. levels, doing all sorts of different things. So often direct entry can give you a really good... Um, way of of getting into a business and scoping out what else goes Mm. on in that firm. Um, Local authority was where I started and and I was in the economic development team working on census data. Um, I quickly learned that data wasn't really my Mm. thing Um, but it gave me a really good footing to understand what was my thing and where I wanted to take that. So direct entry can allow you to to sort of try before you buy almost and and it's it's not forever if that job isn't right for you then there are always other options and it's important to say you know if you don't do go direct entry you can always you know start going back into grad schemes the following year you know there is no age cut off there's no priority for recent grads if you've got the skills and the capabilities to do the job then you're as eligible to apply as as any other um uh, person in that application pool so don't think it's one or the other and and then you have to draw a line under it mm-hmm. It's about being proactive as a final year student, recognising that there are different entry routes um, and just engaging with the process from the outset. Um, And if you're not sure, um, you think, oh, I've heard about these graduate schemes. Um, You know, why not apply? You know, and you're unsure. 
there's nothing wrong with actually having a go and applying mm. for one. Um, and I think there's a lot of, as, as you were saying, Tara, about learning as we work. <laughs> um, there's a lot to be learned through going through a process as well, going through an application and recruitment process. Mm. But the, the key in all of this, I think, is as well, is just to to stand still, reflect, think about fundamentally um, what your skills are, what you've enjoyed. And it's about finding a job which you're going to enjoy ultimately, isn't it? And which is going to play to your strengths. And we're not always going to know that when we're 19 or 20. Um, uh, <laughs> or 46 or 50. <laughs> but, um, you know, and there, there are lots of positive options uh, for final year students. Um, and just getting started and being aware of what's out there is, is the key, uh, in my view. So there's so many questions that I could ask you right now. Um, but the first one that I think students often ask is how do the recruitment processes work for both these types of entry? Just from our organisation um, perspective, just to give a you know context to it, we uh, are quite stringent when it comes to uh, like a grad scheme process. So if I give you a, a context of a direct entry role, in a simple sense, it would be uh, you apply through our career site. You would then be invited to, if we think you you know fit the criteria, you know your CV kind of fits our, our requirements and our, our core values, we would invite you to a video screening. Once that's been reviewed by one of us in the, the recruitment team, it's usually a two-stage interview process, one to two uh, stages. Um, we offer the opportunity to have a field ride and that could be uh, going out well in post covid hopefully um going out with a, an experienced team member to really get insight into the role because we appreciate for example graduates you know not having that work experience behind them it it would give them the good opportunity to come in have those you know talks with with an individual not in a setting of an interview to check that that role would be for you because we i'm always adamant that as we are interviewing you to make sure that you're right for the position, mm-hmm. but you're in the same respect, you're interviewing us to check that it's the, the right move for you, the right career, the right organisation. So that is kind of our stages for a, a direct entry role to Hilti. If, for example, we were um, taking students on a, a graduate scheme or our outperformer programme that we have, it would involve those stages but it would also involve um, a, a telephone interview with one of our team members, then um, psychometric testing, as well as a, maybe a video screening as well. And then that would probably end up leading to an assessment centre where we could um, test your abilities you know, around teamwork, around how you interact with key stakeholders. Our senior leadership team is usually really bought in to, to the programme. So they would be in attendance to see how that pool of candidate would interact in in that format and they would get business cases to review. So even though we're looking at a wide pool of candidate, we're looking for kind of the best calibre and we we have more steps in the process, if that makes sense. And I think um, traditionally um, organisations run it that way because they get so many applications, as we talked about earlier, (laughs) of intake that they have to, you know, be able to file it down to ultimately the candidate that that we we want for the organization yeah that's really interesting sarah it's a really robust process Mm -hmm. you have there Mm -hmm. um i think 
quite a lot of the businesses I work with in the small to medium-sized enterprise world are so far away from that. <laughs> and and um, in some senses, it's because they need to have um, a, quite a quick and agile recruitment process. So actually, um, there'll be an advert that's placed possibly on a university jobs board. It might be that they've put something on LinkedIn or sometimes even Facebook. Mm. Um, and uh, it will be potentially a telephone conversation probably an interview with a couple of people from the company sometimes it's just one person from the company so it is just you and the MD um, and then an offer is yeah. made so um, absolutely the the process can be really rigorous for direct entry schemes and I, I think from a commercial point of view it's really important that it is rigorous because both parties are testing out the, the role you know you're checking that the role is right for you as a candidate but also the the employer is checking that you're right for the team that you're going to fit into um, so be prepared for all eventualities yes. I think is, yeah. is, is kind of really key there be prepared that you know when you are on the telephone this is the effect effectively the same as a telephone interview that you might have with with Lloyds Bank or Hilti or um, uh, the NHS <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but actually it's not just a chat with somebody who you met from a friend of a friend's referral mm -hmm. who said oh my brother John's got a job um, going in his company so it, it's kind of keeping it formal and keeping it you know keeping the your eye on the goal which is the the job at the end yeah, of it. I mean I think definitely as a student um, I would say whether it's a direct entry or a graduate scheme the process of recruitment is absolutely rigorous mm. um, as a student um, I think you have to think that you, you you are going to have to stand out from the crowd you are going to have to impress right from the beginning and whether it's a small company or a graduate scheme um, they're going to be looking at your CV um, very carefully and things like you know spelling mistakes grammatical areas um, you know, instances where you haven't tailored your application to the company um, mm. apply to, to large companies mm. as well as small ones. And um, the process always starts um, with either an application form or a CV, whether you're applying to graduate scheme or direct, direct entry. And that's your opportunity to move to stage two. So it's getting that right um, is really important. Um, and then, obviously, in the case of graduate schemes, often it's computers which are doing that initial sifting. So for a student, um, they need to be aware that those, those, those machines are going to be looking at keywords. <laughs> keywords. Yeah. So um, if you haven't addressed those keywords and tailored your application, it's an instant you know, no-no, even though you might be very well suited to that opportunity. So I think that's really important. I, re I thoroughly recommend that students have their CVs checked by um, Lancaster University Careers Team. We've got tremendous services there to support. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, often you find with graduate schemes, the process is more, um, more kind, there are more stages, let's say, um, because they have more application um, applications. So um, I, I would strongly suggest that students do lots and lots of practice with regard to psychometric tests, which is often the stumbling point. Um, Nikki, could you just could you just explain what psychometric tests are? Because yes. some some of our listeners might not know what we're talking okay. about there and think that it's it's those um those funny pictures that you have to look at <laughs> if it's a vase or a woman, um, a, an ugly face or a pretty face. It's <laughs> yes, it's not that, is it? I don't know. I mean, psychometric tests are looking at certain um, qualities which you might have, which numerical reasoning, um, personality traits. Uh, they're trying to pick up on um, 
key skills and qualities which are going to be fundamentally important in in in, in that role that you're going to be undertaking um that's i don't have a great a great wealth of knowledge with regard to psychometric <laughs> tests but, but i know that um there is certainly a lot of practice um mm-hmm. uh, papers that you can you, that you can um you can undertake it's it's i think i think psychometrics is a way of thinking and i think yeah. once you have um understood the way of thinking um you're more far, far more likely to feel less an- anxious about doing them but it's also about making sure that you fit well into the company as yeah. well sometimes yeah. um they will do tests that are like looking at the culture of the company and whether that matches with you and the way that you work so some companies may be very profit driven or sales driven and yeah. through those psychometric tests they're seeing actually are you also profit driven are you also sales driven which is going to be important for the role so I think a lot of students get stressed about psychometric tests and um, but my advice would be don't worry about them too much obviously do the practice and do the testing but you know what if you get rejected then maybe it just means that you wouldn't have liked the job anyway so if you're trying to put a positive spin on it that's a quite a nice way to put it um but thinking about the way that you um kind of think about whether a job is right for you Nikki earlier you were talking about Working out how students work out whether this, what kind of is right for them, I would yeah. say. Um, what should a student consider when they're thinking about what's best for them to do, whether to do graduate scheme, whether to do direct entry? What kind of things should I mean, they think about? I don't know. When I, when I was 19, um, 20, I, I don't think I really, really thought about my values um, and my priorities um, in terms of work very closely. But um, if I was to consider what, sort of type of organization I match with um, the sort of environment that I would feel comfortable in um, I think that is one thing to consider <laughs> um, so and and but also um, I wouldn't see that in a purely confining you know you might think that oh I've had experience in the chari- charitable sector um, you know I feel comfortable in that sector um, it doesn't mean that that's you might want to get experience in a different environment uh, and that is also fine but i think what what is important is that you are truly reflecting on what's right for you and where you want your next step to be um do you want to step out of your comfort zone into something completely new or do you feel quite certain that you know working um for you know, a multinational um, in a kind of, you know, it, you know that kind of environment is, is, is where you want to be? Or do you think working in a startup business um, might be what you want to do? I mean, I, I didn't consider that when I was 19, but, but I think that's one factor. Um, alongside really trying to hone in and think about your skills. What, what skills have you got at the moment and what skills you want to gain in the, it, you know, when you start in your first position? I think geography plays something mm. into there as yeah. well, Nikki, doesn't yeah. it? I know that when I graduated, and again, we're talking ancient history, but I knew I wanted to stay in Lancaster. Oh. I'd moved around a lot as a kid um, and I, I'd found roots and I put roots down and I felt like Lancaster was my home, so I wanted to stay. 
Lancaster hasn't got a huge um, economic um, driving force, I suppose, is the best thing to say. It's not a big city centre location. We've got some big players. We've got the university, we've got the city councils, we've got the hospitals and the power stations um, and a good visitor economy. You know, there was lots of tourism um, activity that was going on uh, around that time and still is. Um, but I knew I wanted to stay here and, and I had a bubble and a window of, of opportunity to commute. Um, I, I worked in Wigan for a bit and I, I commuted to Wigan um, on the train every day, which ate most of my wages. But I knew that from from that values point of view, you know, my home life was important to me and I wanted to have some stability in where I was I was living and, and the working environment kind of came secondary to that. So that, again, can be where direct entry can, mm. can come in quite helpfully because you can really be sure about your geographic location. Quite a lot of graduate schemes will move you around the country um, and potentially you have an opportunity to say whether you want to be in Aberdeen or Exeter, Luton or Landudno. Um, and that means upheaval and change. Um, and it, it can be, you know, quite a, a daunting experience for quite a lot of uh, a lot of graduates, recent graduates who are maybe not quite sure that this is the, the move that they want to make forever. Um, so that sort of geography and home life, work life um, consideration, I think, is quite important, particularly at the moment. The COVID situation skews mm. things, everything, everything up a little bit because a lot of people are now working from home and home could be Lambertno or, or Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some changes going on in the world yeah. of, of recruitment and, and what the workplace and where we work from. But, yeah, think about the geography a little bit as well. Definitely. Yeah. We've covered so much stuff today and there's so much more that I wish that we could talk to you about. Um, if you are sat there thinking, oh, like, I've listened to this, but I'm still not really sure, just get in touch with us as a careers team. Um, and just let us know your questions. We're very happy to talk about it. This is what we do every day. Uh, we'll definitely happily sit down and talk to you about it. Um, but just before we finish, could you all just give me um, a top tip that you can pass on to students and graduates thinking about this? My, my top tip would be to practice as much as you can going online and doing video interviews and presenting <laughs> yourself online because it's it's something which is growing, especially this year, mm. and just becoming comfortable with speaking to people in an interview situation online, whether you're direct entry or graduate scheme, it's really, really important. And mm. I just say one last thing, there's some terrific events coming up, the boot camp, the graduate boot camp, there's some amazing events which bring employers on campus. I'd really encourage students to take a look at the careers page, look at the events and take part. Absolutely. For me, it's about not following the crowd. Um, it's probably really difficult if you're living in a, in a house or a flat and everybody's talking about which grad schemes they're applying for. And if you're sitting there thinking, I'm really not sure what I'm doing, do something, but it doesn't have to be what your peers are doing. And if it doesn't feel right and it's not the opportunity for you, then obviously come in and talk to the careers team. Talk to um, your, your colleagues and, and friends about what they might be doing, but don't feel like you have to jump on the bandwagon just because they're doing that. You know, if you don't want to work for a bank, don't apply for a bank um, just because all of your flatmates are applying for banks or, or Aldi or Asda or another supermarket retail scheme because you get a company car and a whopping paycheck. Um, just just think about what you want to do. You know, you're an individual. You've got your own values, your own motivations for getting for getting work. And that could be a job. It could just be something that tides you over until you know what that that looks and feels like um, but it could be a career pathway as well or further study of course there is an opportunity then to think about where you can you can get your further study um, uh, under your belt I think I can echo both both um, Tara and Nicola there on on what they've said 
my uh, advice would be don't get caught up about worrying about trying to get onto a grad scheme. Uh, as we've discussed through through this chat, it's not the be all and end all. Be open to opportunities uh, elsewhere and enjoy your final year at the end of the day. Um, you know, you've got plenty of time to think about w- what your next move is, what you what your career path is, and just think about what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. We spend all our, we spend a lot of time in you know in your working career at work, so you, you know you've got time to to get it right, so to speak. Yeah, it was. It was just to say. Ultimately, we're all here in the university and in, in and the employers that we work with as well. Our primary goal is to get good people into good places. Absolutely. This has been a really interesting conversation, and we hope it's been interesting to you who are listening. And um, so, thank you for listening to Get That Grad Job. Thank you especially to my brilliant guests. Tune in next time for more information and advice on getting your grad job. Bye. <laughs>